Hello, and welcome to The Solve Network. I'm Shane Borza, host of the podcast. Along with my co-founder, Benjamin Goss, we'd like to welcome you. Our mission is to provide solutions and create a network of experts for you to learn from. We hope this episode and expert helps you to learn, grow, and move forward. And now, on with the show. Scene one, Apple, take one. Hi, I'm Shane Borza, your content creator coach. I have two books on filmmaking, Film Notes, where you learn to write, direct, and produce, and the Film Notes Workbook, where you can learn checklists and paperwork to streamline creating your content. Available at shaneborza.com. I also have filmmaker resources like the Paperwork Bundle with over 300 documents, the Sound Effects Bundle with almost 3,000 files, and the Music Bundle featuring 900 tracks of all genres. Want to build your professional credits? Become an associate producer and get listed on IMDb. Let me help you get your art out into the world. Scene one, Apple, take one. I want to dive into more of that, but I, I've asked a number of questions. So I want to make sure uh, Latasha gets a chance to jump in with anything she may have. Give me a hard one, Latasha. What made you get started in coaching and what's your background? What's your professional background? You know, I, when I was in college and university, I actually originally took journalism. That was going to be my original major. Um, and then I realized I didn't have what it took to stand, like to literally step on enough people to get that, get good in that field. Like you really do need to be someone who really can't care about the feelings of others for short periods of time. Right. So, um, and all the time I was growing up, I was always somebody who worked with kids. Right. So I, I was a camp counselor and then a youth counselor and all through college and university I worked with young people and eventually I started working with the most behavioral disordered kids you could work with which were violent male adolescent sex offenders and I did that for a number of years and then one time I was injured one too many times on the job and my doctor said, I'm no longer going to sign the medical authorization for you to do this work anymore. <laughs> you need to get retrained. You're not doing this anymore. Because if he said, if I had had one more hit to the head, to the neck, I could be paralyzed, right? Because they had done some damage. So I said, okay. And I got retrained. And I realized I had a ton of coaching skills already and counseling skills, given what I did. And I realized I wanted to transfer those skills. So I started working in the area of employment coaching and finding people their perfect job and their perfect world of what they wanted to do with their life. And that was awesome. And I ended that world working with um, uh, fisheries workers and you know people who had fishermen who had been out on boats for 40 years and now needed to sell their license. And we discovered this interesting thing. Yeah, they were unemployable. <laughs> now, why? Because they had only been talking to fish for 40 years, right? So their communication skills were a little off, right? And they weren't used to having someone tell them what to do, right? Then we worked with forestry workers, same thing. They're only used to talking to trees, you know, right? Like, so what we did was, is we created small business units, what we called SBUs. So small businesses that they could then go and work in and use as their own business. And that's how we got the entire industry and fish people back to work again, by creating their own businesses. So from there, I started doing business coaching and I've been doing that for about, 20 some odd years now. Yeah. I love the business area because if I can make a difference in their business, right, and they're bringing in more money, it's going to impact every area of life. 
right? So I just prefer to work in that area because it has the biggest impact on everything else that they do. You're incredible, lady. Good question. <laughs> no one's asked me that question for a long time. Yeah, and I'm a nomad. I travel a lot. So when COVID hit, I was in Montreal on a contract. And um, I flew home on April 1st. And my mom said to me, oh, that's what we had to do to get you home? Cause a global pandemic? Oh, wow. <laughs> I said, no, mom. I came home to make sure you and dad followed the rules because you suck at that, in case ah. you were wondering. Right? <laughs> you know? hey. My dad was so great. My dad and mom haven't been together, by the way, for 40, over 40 years, right? But they now live in the sm same small town, right? Which I think is really hilarious. Right? funny. But my dad is one of these guys who goes out to coffee with his cronies. He's in his 80s, right? So he goes to coffee with his cronies twice a day. And when the COVID hit, they were all upset because they were used to seeing each other twice a day, right? Like kids going to school, no different. So they figured out a way. They went through the drive through in the local coffee shop. They all got their coffee and then they took their chairs out they're like lawn chairs and they sat in the parking lot of the gas station coffee shop in the parking lot six feet apart it was awesome really awesome so yeah so I came back here when they did that but you know I've been home for a year now we're done we're done being home <laughs> we're now going to move off to the other they, they got I got to go somewhere else I can't I can't swim every day here right now right you know so if I can't swim every day my health and well-being is going to be impacted so I now have to leave for a place where I can swim every day because that's the one um, exercise I'm allowed to do as much as I want to. Well, speaking By of- By the way, you can tell your husband I've released over a hundred pounds in the last two years, right? So in the world of it, having a team of people really works when you're causing that particular thing. But I highly recommend that we don't coach our spouses on anything ever, right. exactly. ever, ever. <laughs> Ever, 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 ever. That's the hard way. I'm ever. a book coach. So I try to get him to write his book and he's already written two books, but he won't publish them. So mm. I'm constantly poking him in his eye about that book. Or oh, just tell him, just tell him if he publishes a book, you'll take his advice for a good 24 hours. I know that's a good deal. I'm going to tell I him know, that. Right? <laughs> I'll do whatever you want for 24 hours if you publish this book. I like that. Oh my God, that could get so good. You could write a whole book just out of that day. <laughs> That would be your next book topic. That's going to be awesome. Thank you. Oh, it be a fly on the wall. <laughs> I wonder if he would really surprise you if he could come up with something. How long have you been married? 26 years we've been I together. I wonder if he could come up with something after 26 years that he would have you do that would just freak the crap out of you. That would be so worth it. Yeah, he would. <laughs> Let's do that. Come on. Tell him that's the challenge. You got to come up with something that I wouldn't think you'd ask me to do. Ooh, I'm gonna I'll tell you privately. Now what my former husband asked me to do when I gave him that, when I gave him that option, I'll tell you privately what my former husband asked me to do. Okay. I'll put my number in the chat. <laughs> I want to know. I know. Right. It's going to, it's, it's hilarious too. You're going to laugh your ass off. That's what happens. Right. Awesome. 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 Well, well, well she's entering her, her number. So she can find the, the that story out, which which I have to say I'm super intrigued myself. Uh, well, I want to ask because you you mentioned that you want to swim every day, and um, you mentioned I forget where where you said uh, somewhere in the Caribbean. I think I'm going uh, to the you, Dominican Dominican yeah. Republic. So 
Is that uh, somewhere that you like go on a regular basis? Is that where you normally do that? No, program, actually, or? it's just the next location that I'm looking at the possibility of having the next vocational leadership academy. Um, the Dominican has been completely devastated by COVID because tourism is their number one um, industry, right? And they lack the infrastructure to really handle it. So, you know, I'm just hoping to make a huge difference while I'm there. I have a partner on the ground there already. Um, I have a number of people who are going to meet me there to work on the project with me. Um, and currently, the Dominican is giving away land if you're willing to set up infrastructure on the land. So I'm looking at bringing a group of investors over to help set up the infrastructure part, get the free land, and then help, you know, create a number of businesses on this land that I can use to teach the kids how to run a business. So I, I see there's a question in the chat, but before I forget about the Dominican Republic, uh, my uh, wife and I were looking into places to travel because we're part of a travel site and we did a bunch of research because we're climbers and there's a bunch of uh, seaside climbing cliffs all over the Dominican Republic. Yeah, and there's some so really cool stuff. One we of my business planning. partners is a climber. Oh, cool. So we were planning and going there and then of course COVID happened. So uh, so we should stay in touch about that because oh, we're yeah, absolutely. planning on getting over there for a month or so at some point. Uh, but let me make sure this question gets uh, asked. So uh, in, in speaking about taking the power back, um, okay, let me read this. So take back the power means taking responsibility. Is that what I'm hearing regardless of the situation? Well, when you're talking about an upset, okay, being responsible will allow you to disappear the upset. If you're just talking about being disempowered, there's another process that I use for that that makes it a little bit easier because upset is not part of that equation. So in actual fact, if you're upset about something, use the upset process first then we can use the reclaim your power process to look at what actions you're going to take to actually work your way through it or around it or upwards, you know, how it is. If you have an answer already, I'm going to like really seriously. <laughs> well, it wasn't my question. I'm just trying to get your answer down about that. Uh, no, because... no, no. I was talking to Latasha. I wanted to see if she got an answer from him already. Right? Oh, <laughs> she God. Oh. And left so quickly. I was like, oh, she's gone to ask him now. <laughs> <laughs> it was about to be really great. I okay, had good. to go get a bite of my dinner that I had in the oven. I had to turn that oven off. All right. What'd you make? Uh, baked chicken. Oh, good. Barbecue. There you go. <laughs> I know I'm looking forward to even having like the what, bunch of fresh seafood while I'm there. <laughs> All that stuff. All right, Shane. So did that answer that question effectively for you? Uh, yes. Yes. It was, that, that was very helpful. Thank you. Right. Um, so I wanted to, it, it, so when you, you uh, just mentioned the, uh, so kind of the difference between the disempowerment and the upset is how did those two things come up for you and how did you realize that they are in fact very different and require like different approaches to handle them? Um, I think that's a really great question. I, I really developed the, the reclaim your power, the red light process was really developed dealing with adults that I was coaching who knew they were disempowered. They just weren't sure what to do about it, right? 
So I was running into clients who he's like, listen, I know I'm up. I know like I, I, I have this conversation in my head called I can't do it or whatever. They weren't upset. Like they weren't like, you know, crying or, or having some sort of emotional juicy upset about it, but they were having conversation good enough or some other disempowering conversation in their head. So I started to see it a lot with clients. And so I started to work with them. I probably, before I developed the process, I probably tried it out on about 400 different clients. And then I developed the workshop where I started training people how to do it. And this year I've trained another eight people to lead it in other places of the world. So they're all starting to now lead it in their areas. And they lead it by donation. It's really great. They lead it by donation. They're really committed that the process get out there to people. Right. It's, it's really quite been very moving actually. Yeah. I, I, uh, there's a question in the chat here, which I, I want to get to, but, um, you've mentioned a couple of times that you're training people. So I wanted to ask, uh, is there a course or, uh, is, is there a program? What exactly does that mean? And if yeah. people were interested, how would they be able to either find out more information or, there is, a, there is a course. So what happens is, is that you do the Reclaim Your Power program. And at the end of the program, I give people an opportunity to have a conversation about what it's like to actually be in the Train the Trainer program. Um, and inside the Train the Trainer program, they literally, they do the course a couple of times and then they start, get, they get trained to lead each section. They get trained to do the one-on-one -on -one interactions. So there's just a lot of personal training that happens in that, inside of that. It's a lot easier for people who have led before, but completely possible for people who have never, ever led anything in front of pe people before. We have several of those people who are now leading this process and starting to do this out in the world. And I'll tell you, the level of increase to their self-confidence has been incredible. You know, if you don't get upset anymore, you, it's really easy to work your way through stage fright. Because you can disappear <laughs> in five minutes. <laughs> I can imagine. Thank you. So the, the question that, that, uh, that popped in was, how do you handle upset if you're in a negative spiral or you're emotionally flooding? Mm. Well, I always recommend that people do a brain dump first. If you're flooding with emotions, sit down with a piece of paper and literally do free flow, free flow journaling until there's nothing left for you to say. Once you've done that, you've cleared the space, enough brain space to actually be able to do the process. It's my, it's the perfect one, right? By the way, I always recommend that people do this before they go to bed and that they do a daily ritual of completion every single day. It's part of my daily rituals for success that I train people in, because here's the thing. If you don't get yourself complete from the day, your brain's going to try and do it for you while you're sleeping. If you get yourself complete from the day and then you look at what you're going to do the next day, your brain then tries to figure out how to cause those things faster. So highly recommend daily rituals for success. That's a, that's a great tip. And yeah, it's just, just like uh, anything else, you know, it'll, it'll carry over. Absolutely. And then it'll build up. And sometimes, and what happens is it builds up on what we would call a virtual vat, as in a wine vat. 
right? Or a, or a silo and stuff keeps piling up, piling up, piling up, piling up, piling up. And then eventually that silo or that vat overflows and everyone around you drowns. You don't drown because you're the vat, but everybody around you drowns. Trust me, not so pleasant to be around you then. <laughs> So I had another question here. If you are aware, but your counterpart, which could be either a professional or, or personal person is not aware, can you take the lead and assist them in reversing the negative emotional spiral to take back their emotional center? Well, the, here's the thing. You always have to ask permission. And the way that I do it is I say, are you ready to let go of your upset now? Or do you want to hold on to it for a little while longer? Because sometimes people just need to sit with it for a little while. And it's okay if they do. And if they say they need to sit with it, I just say, great, come on back when you're ready to disappear it and I'll help you. I'll do the process with you, right? And if they say, no, I want to get rid of it right now. So fine, let's do the process. No, I don't want to do the process. Good, come on back when you're ready to do the process. Right? because I'm not gonna have you sit here and put upset all in my space when I'm responsible for a number of other people. And if my space gets cluttered, a number of other people have got to deal with the breakdown of that. So I'm happy to help you work through it. Other than that, you've probably got a lot of friends you can call and just bitch to if that's all you want. If you want on just a bitch fest, no problem. Call one of those friends, <laughs> those other people. <laughs> call your old girlfriend instead. <laughs> Get a, have a bitch fest with the old girlfriend and save me for the good stuff. <laughs> Highly recommend that. That's, a, that's amazing. I can just picture like, uh, oh, I'm sure she'd love to hear from you. <laughs> exactly, right? Now see, the only person that's going to have a problem with that is someone who's so insecure that they would be jealous about them phoning the old girlfriend, right? If they're that insecure, they've got issues to work on where they are, right? Not where the partner is, but where they are. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's magical. I, I think like you, in that example of kind of really showcasing where, where each person is uh, individually as well as, you know, in the dynamic. I had a family member, a very close family member of mine who would call to me and complain about her husband regularly, okay? And one day I realized that if she kept doing that, I was not gonna wanna sit down to Christmas dinner with this person. I was going to arrange for two men with baseball bats to meet him in a dark alley. That's what I was going to do. <laughs> okay? If she kept talking to me about him, the way she was talking to me about him. And so I said to her, I said to her, you are no longer allowed to complain to me about him because you're not willing to do anything about the situation. If you're willing to do something, then great. But I'm no longer going to be the sounding board for you to whine and complain about your interactions with him because you're making me hate him. And if you don't want me to ever sit down with this person again, then that's how it's going to go. So you're not allowed to talk to me about your, your spouse. Do you know she didn't talk to me for three months? But I was setting up a boundary and it was a very important boundary. I don't have the time and the space for people to whine and complain about what doesn't work in their life if they're not willing to do anything about it. And I love her. Out of every human being on the planet, I adore her more than any other human being on the planet, practically. Okay. And she, it was really great because she went to her friends instead of me. And three months later, she called to tell me what her kids were up to. 
and it was awesome. Okay. And we had retrained that behavior so that I didn't have to be the receptacle. <laughs> I'm not the receptacle for stuff like that anymore. Oh, that takes that expression of, you know, we, we teach people how to treat us uh, and, and gives a whole new light to it. And I think it's, it's not only very valuable, but I, I think it makes it even more important than how I previously understood it to be. So thank you for telling that story. Yeah. And it happens to everybody. Everybody has a version of that. That's why I tell those kind of stories is because, you know, if you're a really great coach, then you've got to be able to communicate your breakthroughs in a way that has people see what's possible, right? And if you're continuously tolerating some sort of unworkability in your life, that's your integrity. It's just screwed. You've got to go to work, right? You can't be the coach that says, do what I do, but not what I do. Do what I say, but not what I do. That's right. <laughs> like, you know, there's so many people who put a shingle up and aren't a demonstration of what they say, right? Do your due diligence, right? Everybody deserves coaching, but do your due diligence. There are great coaches and not so great coaches. Talk to their former clients. Ask to speak to people. Learn what makes a really great coach great, right? For one thing, find out who your coach's coach is. I have at least six coaches in various different areas that are masters of those particular areas. I'm not a master of health and well-being. Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> You know, I have a whole health team for that, <laughs> right? Now, sometimes I know a little bit more than them because <laughs> they all got, they were all trying to figure out why my counts were the way my counts were. See, someone that's over 400 pounds, which is what I was when I originally started, should have diabetes, should have high blood pressure, should have blah, blah, blah. And I didn't have most of what they thought I should have. And they were all very perplexed. And I said to them, I can tell you why. And they said, why? And I said, because I don't stay in any disempowering conversation longer than I absolutely have to, because it takes too much of my energy. And I need my energy to get this body from here to the front door. <laughs> I don't have extra energy. Right? So people have to get like, there's a whole world there. Right. And what they didn't get is that I had worked really hard on the mental game. And the mental game is 80% of the game, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, soapbox, there you go. It's just lots of great wisdom. And like you said, you know, teaching through these stories, it's such a great example, like you said, of kind of, you know, living your truth and then speaking your truth instead of just, you know. Exactly. Here. I exactly. learned this somewhere, so go do that. So there's a couple more things in the chat to make sure we right. get to. So if you can't emotionally wrap your head around where you are, how can you emotionally complete your day? So like if, uh, if you're having a difficulty to put your emotion into words, for instance. Hmm. Get in communication with someone. Say it in another person's listening. Lots of times when we say things out loud in front of another person, things start to click and make sense that don't make sense when we're having a conversation with your inner roommate. You guys, your brain is behind enemy lines. Do not go behind enemy lines if you can help it. Okay. No one wants to go behind enemy lines. Find somebody else to be in communication with. Get a mentor, get a coach, get somebody. Do not get somebody who has less distinction than you do. In other words, don't get somebody less trained than you are. Bad idea. Okay. Bad idea. That's like your brother, Bob, who's never owned a business in his life, giving you business advice. Stop listening to people who don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> 
That's great. I love that idea of being stuck behind enemy lines. And it's so true. We end up in a loop or a story or a belief, you know, well, it has to be like this or it'll never be like this. Well, why? Well, because, because why? So uh, you're right. If you have that other person, they will quite often, because they're not in your head, they have their perspective, they have their beliefs. So you'll say something you're convinced of and they'll just be like, but it's not like that. And you're like, no, but it is. And they're like, but why? And then quite often, once you get that why a couple of times, you go, I don't know why. And then you have the thing of like, oh my God. Most conflict happens, okay, when you're in a conversation with someone. See, we think that if they really heard us, they would agree with us. And that if they're not agreeing with us, it's because we didn't explain it good enough. If we'd explained it better, they'd agree with us. Which is really wacky because, you know, people always have differing opinions on stuff, right? So it's like, oh, I just didn't explain it enough. So when you recreate someone, what they say, you have to say, did I get that right? And when they say, yes, you did, then you can say, okay, great. I got that you have a point of view called this and my point of view is different. I have a different point of view that doesn't make your point of view wrong It just means I have a different point of view. And you're entitled to your point of view. And I'm entitled to my point of view. It's funny, I haven't thought of this in years, but I took a communication class back in college and that was the first thing they taught is speak back what you were just told in different words. Yeah. And see if the speaker says, that's what I said, you're right. Or no, that's not what I said. And they're like, until you are both saying the same thing in your own words, you cannot proceed to the next exchange. And it was hysterical to watch because they would just pair people randomly out of the class to stand up in front and talk about things. And and they would, you know, assign you a conversation about whatever. And you would have people up there sometimes for 10 minutes and they couldn't get past the first thing because Mm -hmm. they weren't able to translate, you know, person A's language into person B and and back and forth. Yeah, you want to know what people mostly pay me for? That's what they pay me for. They pay me to be, you know, a translator. That's what they pay me for. In fact, when big companies have me come in, it's often to translate what they're trying to say in a way that will have all of the employees or all of the clients or all of somebody else actually get it. It's like, this is what we want to do. It's like, yeah, you're not explaining it in a way that anybody's going to get it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a skill, but it's a learned skill. I think that's what most people don't get is that the ability to communicate is a learned ability. You are not popped out of the womb knowing how to do that crap. Okay, it's a learned skill. Right. And if you don't know how to do it, stop complaining that you don't know how to do it and get out there. There's plenty of resources available. Yeah, that's a great message and very important. And I I hope that people take that away. It's like it's like anything else. You know, it's like I remember seeing ads for, you know, like uh, great lovers are born. They're made, you know, uh, all, all of these things. It doesn't matter what it is. Uh, we just assume, oh, I'm bad at this because I can't do it. And just like you said, it's like, no, you need to learn. People are weirder than that. People, you'll say something to somebody like, well, um, why don't you just go blah, blah, blah. And they go, well, I don't know how to do that. Look at how many people say, I don't know how, or I don't know. 
I was like, really? Because if you wanted, you know, the closest sushi restaurant, you'd know how to find that answer in about three seconds. So don't hand me crap called I don't know how when we have the Oracle, otherwise known as Google. <laughs> okay. There's no such thing as I don't know anymore. Right. And it's completely inauthentic to be saying we don't know the answer to something when all of our answers pretty much are at our fingertips. So it's not their authentic self that's saying, I don't know. Because their authentic self knows exactly where to find that information. It's the identity, the piece of us that's not empowered. And in Reclaim Your Power, I really distinguish for people what that is. Because either you're driving the car called you or your identity's driving the car called you, but something's always driving the car called you, right? And most people spend their identity spends most of the time driving their car instead of their authentic self. And in Reclaim Your Power, we're teaching people how to go the opposite direction and have their authentic self drive the car most of the time instead of their identity. And we say that everything that's not the empowered, lit up, in love with life and loving people and loving humanity and self-expressed person, everything not that is your identity. Yeah, it's very well said. And and uh, that's such a, a great concept because like you said, uh, the, the car is always being driven. It's not oh. a question of getting out of the car, nope. stopping the car. No, it's just being breathing, driven. It's just running. who's driving it. Yes, <laughs> right. yes. If yes. you're breathing, the car's running, right? And we can tell which ones are being run by their identity and which ones are not. It's pretty obvious, just like we can tell who's driving the other cars out in the world. You can tell when the jerk's driving the car. It's really obvious, right? So you keep that in existence for yourself, right? And what's really great is by the time people are finished to reclaim your power, they know, A, the moment they're disempowered, and they know, B, exactly what to do about it when they are. And then they've got to wrestle with their identity. Now that their identity knows what they're doing, the identity doesn't get to take them out in quite the same way it did before. In, in keeping in line with this this or you know is it the authentic self or the identity there's a question here that has an or in it mm. do you lock yourself out of intimacy in an intimate relationship if you do not allow the other person to space to decompress or can it be self-preservational to stay outside of that zone at least for a while hmm. well First of all, everybody needs what I call transition time. And most people do not give their spouses transition time. Okay. And it doesn't matter if they're working from home or not working from home. Transition time is critical for somebody to move from the space of being a causer or intentionally causing one thing to now causing something else. Okay. And if you don't allow your, your partner transition time, it will cause problems inside of relationships. Now, having said that, before I cause transition time, I recommend that you make the first two minutes that you see each other be all about each other, and then you let them go in transition. I, I recommend the first two minutes is a, let's just hug and hold each other for a minute or two. Let's just reconnect and make the first two minutes about each other, and then go and have transition time. And transition time is usually about 30 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes, ladies and gentlemen. It's not a short amount of time. You know, men like to change out of work clothes and get on 
casual clothes. Women like to take the heels off and, and, you know, take the bra off or whatever. Like there's just certain things that we do when we are transitioning from our work persona, right. Into a play or a relaxation persona. And that transition time is really critical. And if you don't give your spouse transition time, it will cause a problem. Now, the more important question is, is why wouldn't you give them that time? What is it that you're dealing with that you feel you need to be in that space during that time? And I think that what they were actually saying that wasn't said, Shane, was they don't want to be in the transition time because that person is not in a great space during that time and they don't want to subject themselves to it, right? So, but I guarantee you, if you start making the first two minutes called, babe, I just want to contribute to you for your first two minutes. How was your day? Let's have a kiss. Let, you make the first two minutes about that and then you give them transition time. It's not going to spill over. Stuff's not going to stop spilling over onto you. By the way, it just says that your partner's vat is getting rather full, just so you know, right? It's starting to spill over onto you. That's called the full vat. That's what it looks like. It's great to have a visual demonstration of that or an actual demonstration on the court of that. And again, that, that's so that's so simple and it's so resonant and it, and it makes all the sense in the world. But how, how many times have I heard someone say that? No, you know, uh, it's so life-changing to think, oh, all I need to do is give you a little attention and give you a little space. But like you said, how many of us are asking ourselves or each other, you know, what, what do you need? Do you need some time? Do you need some space? And when you put it into the, the context of like changing out of your work clothes and getting in your comfy clothes, of, of course, we all say, well, well, yes, I need time to do that. I need the, the physical space to do that. Like, it makes sense. You know, mm -hmm. if you're going to go to the gym, you need time to change into your gym clothes. And then if you're going to work afterwards, you need time to change into your work clothes. And you, kids you need, need that. Too. Kids need transition time too. And kids need the first two minutes all about them too right? It reminds them that no matter how busy you are, no matter how hectic life is, you love them beyond and beyond, you know? So kids need that same type of thing as well. Yeah, very well said. So uh, the last thing I have here is, is it important to differentiate between emotional and relational facts like perspectives and feelings uh, versus fact-based, like non-emotional things? And uh, like, can we ever enter the just the facts, ma'am? Or is that not possible because well, it's uh, difficult to enter <laughs> someone else's point of view? Here's the thing about it, okay? Feelings are really important as feelings. They are really important and it's important to get them communicated, right? And it's important to recreate. Like if, if a partner of mine says, I feel this way, or I think that way or whatever, I recreate all those communications and I get all those communications. It's really important to get people's feelings. Now, what I heard and what was said is slightly different, you know? So The problem isn't around the feelings. The problem is, is when we try and make other people responsible for our feelings. So they leave the door open and we make it personal. Like if you loved me, you wouldn't leave the door open. <laughs> you know, like, if you loved me, you wouldn't do this. If you loved me, you would do that. If you loved me, blah, blah, blah. We make our love conditional on things. And even if we don't say it out loud, lots of people are saying that kind of stuff in their head. 
So the fact of the matter is, is that if you are talking about what happened, then you're talking about what happened. If you're talking about your interpretation of what happened, then you need to say it that way. When you did X, I made it mean Y. When you snapped at me when you got home, I made it mean that you didn't miss me at all today. Is that accurate? No, of course I missed you, honey. I'm just like cranky. No, that's accurate. I didn't miss anybody today. I freaking hate everybody in the world today. If everybody would just leave me alone, I'd be happier. Great, I'm gonna give you your space. I love you. Let me know when you're, when you need, if you need anything, right? So there's just a world there that gets created. And if we're in communication in a way that works, if we're not making people wrong, then they're usually willing to work with us. But when we're making them wrong for everything that they do, you know, literally there's some people that come to me and said, I just feel like breathing around them is wrong. Like when I breathe, I'm made wrong. Every word that comes out of my mouth, there's something wrong with it, right? When people are being listened to that way or feel like they're being listened to that way, right? Then it causes a lot more conflict. By the way, whenever you're making anything yourself, anyone else or any situation wrong, you are disempowered. Whether you want to be disempowered, whether you think it sounds like you're disempowered, you are disempowered when you're making yourself or anyone else or any situation wrong. That was a good question. Yeah, and, and, and again, this is just, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's simple things, you know, uh, speak your truth and connect and be in the moment and be, uh, I guess, brave enough to say what's really happening. And uh, Well, I don't even want people to be brave. Say it, be, be as scared as you want, just say it anyway. You know, listen, fear's never going anywhere. I'm afraid all the time of all kinds of things. I just take action anyway. The fear's still going to be there. So what? I'm afraid walking sometimes because I'm not all that steady on my feet sometimes. Right? If I'm not paying attention to what I'm doing, I can break things. It's really bad, right? But if I allowed that to stop me, I'd never go anywhere. Yeah, really good point. So we're... Getting to the end, and I want to check in with Latasha and see if she has anything else she wants to ask you before we wrap up. John, have you written a book yet? Um, I have not, and I have a resource team that's working with me on it right now. Yeah. <laughs> I have a friend who does the 30-day book writing challenge, and, and so he's like constantly, you know, working with me on it. It's quite funny. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to listen to your audio book. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. I did, a, I did a series of calls from April 1st until September. I had calls every day that people could be on. Um, I called them productivity, performance, and power calls. And it was just a way for people to stay productive during COVID. And I have a library. I had a recording from every one of those calls. So I have like hundreds and hundreds of hours of content right now to put into book. <laughs> yeah. A lot of content there. Great job. You're awesome. Yeah, this is an incredible talk. And I want to give you the spotlight to make sure that people know 
where, wherever you want to send them, uh, connecting you to social media, the website, the place. That they yeah. Can you know, you. if they Google me, they'll find me, they'll find me on, uh, Instagram for sure. Facebook for sure. You know, there's various different groups that I'm involved in. I'm on Clubhouse for sure. Um, you know, I pretty much get the word out on, you know, Facebook on my main Facebook profile. So if people Facebook me, I usually, you know, allow them in there and, you know, I will make sure that you get Sean Behrman's universe so that people can come and take a look at all the different places that I play and see where they want to come play too. We're out to create some magic in the world. Excellent. Yeah. And, uh, for everyone listening, uh, I'm going to be getting those the Dominican. They'll have a great time down there. <laughs> well, well, let me do this as a, as a final question then. So where do they find information on that? Or is that part of your uh, universe that you're You know, sending? where they'll go for that is seanbearman.com slash T as in Tom, V as in Victor, R 2021. And that stands for True Velocity Retreat, TVR 2021. And True Velocity is simply a coach in your corner program that I created to allow people to work with me, a group of people to work with me one-on-one -on, -one on their business, like to actually do the work. And here's what they're going to get out of it. Whether they're there for a week or two weeks, they're going to come home with a to-done list instead of a to-do list. That's great. I love the... Uh to done list. That's uh, that's amazing. So I will, we'll make sure that that seanbeerman.com slash TVR 2021, as well as all your other resources are in the show notes. And I just want to thank you again so much for being here. You're such a, a wealth of, of wisdom and knowledge and, uh, and you're such a powerhouse of a speaker as well. So I would encourage everyone to get a, in touch with you. Do you have anything else you'd like to share before we wrap up? Yeah, stop complaining to people if you're not going to take action. Just like stop whining to people. Go whine in an empty cave on the end of a pier or something like that. Just stop putting it into the space of other people. Okay. You know, we, if you love people, okay, the people in your life, then develop yourself. Be a demonstration of what's possible. Show them what's possible. Leave a legacy. Those are excellent thoughts to, to end on. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And we look forward to having everyone join us on the next call. Hey, my name is James. I'm a lawyer who's always been interested in optimal human performance, and that's how I found Shane. If you're looking to upgrade your mental and physical fitness, then the Ultimate Performance Course is for you. It's the key to performing better at work, at home, and in all of life's challenges. I've also found it to be a great community of like-minded and supportive professionals. As Shane says, together, everyone accomplishes more. Want to have your ultimate performance or find out more about how to optimize your mind and body fitness? Contact me at shaneborza.com and see if the DIY or the group program would be best for you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Solve Network. These interviews are from our web series of the same name. Want to watch? head over to YouTube and search for The Solve Network. If you have questions, you can reach out to me at shaneborza.com. On behalf of my co-founder, Benjamin Goss, we're glad you are a part of the network and hope you are finding solutions. If you need solutions, please reach out.